it simple, keep it small, and there will be enough for all. Take a little, give a lot. Thank Mother Earth and Father Sky for what you've got. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Green Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Reggie, and a member of the Green Women Group, which was created from the Healthy Woman, Healthy Earth organization. Today's episode is going to be in conjunction with the fall season. I I think that our talk today is so timely for the season of fall, which is not only about harvest, but it's also a season of loss where plants are withering away and are in our gardens and the trees are losing leaves and also the loss of light as the days are getting shorter, resulting in more darkness. I have my guest here, Mindy Meyering, and she states in the season that te- it, she states that this is the season that teaches us so much about change and loss. And I would like to just invite Mindy to come in and talk about how this loss is um, for us. She is a licensed therapist, certified life coach, and an author creator of the Rainbow Bridge Pet Loss Deck, a healing tool that supports people after the heartbreaking loss of a pet. She works with people who are navigating various types of loss and life transitions, offering them tools to cultivate resilience and healing. After a five-year healing journey, from stage three cancer for herself, failed IVF, and losing dear friends in her two beloved senior dogs, she is intimately familiar with the emotional terrain of loss. Combined with 25 years of experience supporting others as they meet life's inevitable changes and challenges, her own personal journey has greatly informed the compassionate grief she offers others. She believes in a world where thriving, not just surviving, is possible, and that gratitude and self-compassion are two of the most powerful healing forces that exist. Outside of work, she loves to travel, explore new places, read, spend time in nature, connect with her precious friends and family, and hit the trails for hikes with her husband and their two sweet scruffy terriers. Welcome, Mindy. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you. It's so good to be back and to see you and be with you. Yeah. Well, I think your um your talk is just so important. I just want to interject one little thing I saw today while I was preparing is that there was a um a CNN news brief that came across and it happened to be about how do we stay informed and connected while protecting our mental health and that of our children? And we all know now that there's the war in Gaza and Ukraine and, you know, people are still shooting each other. And I mean, yeah, it's a, it, and this has been going on for a while too. So now we have the element of time that it's been going yeah, we've yeah. I, I so much with the wars and the amount of violence and loss of human life in the world right now. I think so many people are feeling that sorrow, you know, feeling 
just outrage, sorrow, despair. Um, it's, it's a lot to carry. And like we were talking about, you know, it's really, how do we dance? I think, how do we dance with this river of sorrows in the world? There's always sorrows, whether it's in our personal world and the world at large, but then also how do we dance with the river of joys that are also there right alongside. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. That is so timely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So how do you go about doing that? What are some tips and um, Mm -hmm. ideas that we can give people, especially as in this fall season, and then you kind of, we lose more darkness, it seems like as we get into winter, which is actually our hibernation uh, season, which we're leading up to. Yeah. Well, I think it's first, you know, really kind of acknowledging that grief and loss are going to be with us continually in our lives. Yep. On many levels, and you know this intimately, you know, I know that from previous conversations we've had, um, and that that I think grief and loss are always, you know, molding us and shaping us as we move through life. So being aware of that and um, and really understanding that our our work in being with and meeting the grief in life kind of involves this, um, I guess, ongoing practice of, Mm -hmm. you know, really paying attention, asking ourselves, you know, what do I need right now? Yes. What do I need right now as I'm moving through this? And so I was just talking to someone earlier today and she asked me, how are you navigating you know, right now. And I said, I'm really being mindful about how much media I consume. I don't turn on the news or read the news first thing in the morning, um, which I have, there have been times when I've done that in the past. And I'm being mindful about how, you know, I'm pretty mindful about how I begin my day. And I have a morning practice of doing some writing and a bit of meditation. I light some candles and make my cup of coffee Um, I'm usually the only one up in my house that early in the morning and I really savor that quiet time and it sets the tone for the rest of my day and gives me that base of feeling calm and grounded as I move through, as I move through my day. So that's one thing. And I think that all of us can really look at how do I, you know, how can I begin my day? Um, or how do I begin my day? Maybe it's not looking at the news first thing, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing too. Um, and I've been hearing and seeing a lot more things, whether it be online or through reading magazines. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually do subscribe to the Mindful magazine. And uh-huh. um, so it definitely is how you start your day. I, mm-hmm. I really believe that, 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 because it grounds us for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And you talked a little bit, and I've also heard about when you're, we're desperate in this grief, or like you're saying, intimate with grief, as um, I know I've mentioned before, you know, losing my daughter um, Mm. when she was 20. And to this day, which was 23 years ago, people will say, how, how do you do it? And, you know, every night when I go to bed, 
I do say prayers of gratefulness. What am I grateful for? But Mm -hmm. even shortly after she had passed away, when people would ask, and I'm sure you've had this many times with your experiences, it's like, how do you get through it? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I lost a daughter, but I was grateful that I had a daughter. Mm -hmm. And I was grateful that she was healthy. She wasn't sick. Um, you know, so you can go through those things and still find gratefulness at a time of great loss and hurt. Mm-hmm. And I and I continued that practice till today, you know, and it even got stronger. First it was maybe at night talking mm-hmm. to I I I call the creator, you know, my universal creator. And talking every night and being thankful. And yeah. it just started spreading um, to people in my life. And that's that's what I tell people. That's what got me through it. Yeah. I love that you're sharing that because not even two hours ago, I was having a conversation with someone else. And I was talking about how thankful I was that somehow I... It was like watching an Oprah episode or reading that book, Simple Abundance. Anyway, this is this is 28 years ago. Um, I started a gratitude practice. Okay. And, um, and so it's been fairly consistent throughout the last three decades. Mm-hmm. And I was just telling this person this earlier today, I said, I'm so thankful that I had that practice because it felt like such a support as I was moving through my own season of grief. And I went through this period of about seven years where I just had these cumulative losses. You know, there was, it wasn't just one significant loss. There were like six or seven over this time period. And I really felt like being able to connect with that sense of gratitude, it didn't take away the pain of oh no, It just helped me move through it I feel like with a bit more grace, it gave a little bit more, it gave me a little bit more perspective when I could hold and, you know, everything that I was grateful for as well and stay connect, stay connected to all the goodness in life that was yes. there alongside all the, all of the grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and sometimes grief comes, like you said, it's not just one thing. It, 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 that could be a major event that happens. But before that, a few years before that, um, my daughter, um, my daughter and son, I'm, I got divorced from their father. And so I was a single mom raising the kids. And then Tiffany passed away at a very early age at 20. My son was getting ready to, he had come back from a state college that he was, you know, miles away from home. But then I thought, and I had my mom living with me because <laughs> she she needed a place to stay. And she had some issues here and there. But even when she was gone, and then my son was going to come home for spring and summer, and I thought, oh, good, I'll have my son. And he's like, mom, sorry, I need to go with the guys at college and hang out there, and I'm going to live on campus. Again, he needs to grief his way. And I had my way. And he lost a sister. I've never lost a sibling. So I don't know what that's like. 
And mm-hmm. at 71, I still have my two siblings. Yeah. And so yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's how you look at things. Yeah, you may feel it's you still might be sad, but that's the way it is. And we you mm-hmm. have to you have to manage through that mm-hmm. somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do we relate to our grief, you know, how do we relate to it? Do we welcome it and allow it to be present? Um, I think in our culture, we tend to sometimes push it, push it away or just want to get through it, want to be over it. And, um, you know, I lost a really dear friend, gosh, who's been 21 years and I will still have moments where I feel sad, miss her and wish I could pick up the phone and call her. And of course, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are days when I still cry. You know, mm-hmm. I might be thinking of her or seeing grandkids and, you know, whatever yeah. it is, or with my son and his kids. And yeah, there'll be times I'll get little tears in my eyes, even after 23 years. You just yeah. do that. Yeah. I remember going for you know, my husband and I, we were a bit older when we got married and it, we needed a little bit of help. We did go through IVF in vitro fertilization, which is a infertility treatment. And, um, and once I was diagnosed with cancer, um, it was really just, it was, it was complicated. We just decided to stop, um, yeah. that. And so there was that loss of really accepting that we weren't going to have kids. And I remember hiking with a friend not too long after that. And she was got married when she was a bit older too. And she was almost 50 at the time. And she said, I think that there will always be a sadness in my heart that I didn't, wasn't able to have my own children. And I, she named for me, like what I was starting to feel. And you know, I think that will always be present. It it comes in waves, you know, like oh yeah, some, yeah, like Mother's Day or um, at holidays or like back to school time. You know, yeah. I think about with those things, and um, I really allow myself to feel that. You know, mm-hmm. I just allow myself to feel that, and I think when we allow ourselves to be present with our grief and to to let it move through us, like. It, I just believe that that's so healthy, you know, to really um, allow it to have a voice, whether you write about it or talk to someone, um, right? you know, giving it, allowing it to move through instead of pushing it down. Mm-hmm. And I, and allowing it to go through, I just want to let the audience know, I'm sure you think this too, is it's it's not just a time, you know, allow it to go through at that time. Um, It's a series of times it will come and go. It's like grief has no boundaries and Mm. it kind of comes and goes and, but we want to be healthy about it too. So I think to stay in, for me to stay in the moment of that grief and carry it with me, you know, for the next how many years. Um, and mm-hmm. so now it's like I said, it's been 23 years. Yeah. I I I think you miss out in life because you're here and they're gone. And there are still other pleasurable things in life. It's like I have a son who needs a mom still. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and now I have grandchildren from my son. 
And I'm holding out for a great granddaughter, but (laughs) Um, so we'll see. The oldest one's only 18. I'll wait. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And what you said about it coming, like, I always think about it, you know, like I use the metaphor of like riding the waves of grief and that when our grief is fresh, like when a loss is really fresh, those waves can feel huge, like Like a storm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it can almost feel like we're, we're drowning. But over time, even though our, the grief, the sadness may come back, those waves mm-hmm. are a little bit more gentle. Right? Yeah. A little, little bit more gentle. Mm-hmm. And But it doesn't mean that they stop coming. Yeah. No. So how do, how do we get through or handle? I shouldn't say get through because it's probably going to be here for a while. But handling all this grief Mm -hmm. that's coming on through everything. I know we've talked a little bit about, you know, turning the TV Mm -hmm. off, not listening Mm -hmm. to it. Um, Yeah. Do that. But again, we need to stay informed too. Yeah. And that's been, I guess, my intention is to, how do I, you know, I want to stay informed. I want to bear witness to what's happening. I don't want to turn away from it. But I also don't want to get, you know, completely consumed because otherwise we fall into this pit of despair. And I love this. So there's a writer and I forget the name of the book. I read it years ago, but her name is Chebby Johnson. And I love this quote from her. Her name is yeah Chebby Johnson. And she says, even in the darkest days, the moon and sun make their ancient, reliable journeys. Birds thing. Some green thing insists on growing in a ravaged land. Our own human life force refuses to give up. I love that because I love that. The sun will rise each day. Yeah. The leaves will fall. The flowers will bloom. The trees will leaf out again in the spring. I mean, we can always find so much beauty mm-hmm. in nature. And so I think it's a mindfulness practice, really. It is. What do we pay attention to? And so it's allowing ourselves to take in what's happening. And I, um, you know, I think we can do that, but also not get consumed by it. Like I really have been trying to only read the news for so long each day right? Know, and not go down that rabbit hole of like, um, you know, watching all the videos and listening to all the podcasts about what's happening, like to stay informed uh, that I feel informed enough um, about what's happening and then to also stay connected to what brings me joy. And I think what, you know, what nourishes you, what, what nourishes each of us is different. Like for me, it's definitely time in nature each day. Mm -hmm. And like the summer I went through a time when I was so busy with work and sometimes (laughs) Time in nature would mean sitting out in my backyard with my laptop working. You know, I wouldn't have time to get out for a hike that day or a walk. But, you know, trying to make time for something that nourishes you each day and um, balancing out the heavy, the sorrows with things that bring you joy. Mm -hmm. It's doing something fun with your kids or your grandkids. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's different for each of us, but what brings you joy? And I know like right now, 
I like a couple weeks ago, uh, we were in Denver and in the middle of a pretty busy time, I was working at doing a trade show, but, um, we went to a comedy show and it was so fun. It oh, was just like, yes. so good to laugh, to laugh. You know? Yeah, I think that's what we need to do too, is to laugh because it's so mm -hmm. healing for our bodies when we laugh. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. So you have also been working on a pet loss deck. Yeah. And yeah. I find that just awesome. Um, I don't know if you know this about me, but I was a, a certified well, I still am, but certified healing touch practitioner for animals. Aww. So I worked with healing touch practices with many animals that were passing, including my own dog and at a time. And so that pet loss was very intriguing to me when you did that. And mm. so could you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Well, I love knowing that about you. Um, because <laughs> another, another chapter of my professional life, I was a hospital social worker for 15 years. And we had a team of practitioners that did healing touch with patients in the hospital. And I saw what a transformative effect that had on people's stress levels, right? And um, so to know that you did that for animals, I love that. Um, yeah, it was and, really, really moving. Yeah. Well, we had two senior dogs and one died in 2017. His name was Trek. And yeah, I was really, um, touched. people get, you know, sent us cards and gave us, gave us books, but a lot of the books they gave us were children's books about animals crossing the rainbow bridge, right? We talk about animals going to the rainbow bridge after they die. And I found it really sweet and touching, but I wanted something I could really, I found myself drawing upon a lot of the practices that I had um, already used mm -hmm. to, help, to help me move through my grief. So mindfulness, mindful self-compassion, spending time in nature, journaling, writing. And I thought, I want to create something that brings together all of these practices to offer to other people. Because I know what's been really helpful for me. So I started writing a book. And in the midst of that, we lost Ellie, our other dog, when she was 15. And Ellie was, in fact, this is fun. Today, October 17th, the day that we're recording this, is the yes. 20, it's the 20-year anniversary of the day that I adopted Ellie. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and she was my first dog. She was an amazing dog, really funny, smart, feisty little terrier mix. And, um, and so I took some time like to grieve her. I mean, that was a whole other level of heartbreak. You know, she'd been in my life for 15 years. We had journeyed, we had both gone through our own cancer healing journeys mm -hmm. together. Yeah. I supported her through hers and a big surgery. And she was by my side as I went through most of my treatment. And so I took some time to heal from that. When I started working on the book again, um, it was during the early stages of the pandemic. And one day it just dawned on me. Um, I've been collecting decks for, I don't know, 15, 20 years, 20 years probably. Mm -hmm. And I looked at this basket of decks that I had and I thought, I think this book would be better suited as a deck. Like, and so, you know, what I did is I took a lot of the content and I distilled it down yeah. into 
um, practices, coping strategies, different ways that you can support yourself as you're healing from that grief of losing mm-hmm. a pet. And then I um, created a 52 card deck. And oh, it that's has, nice. Yeah. And yeah, they can and do one a week. Yeah. For one a week. week. Some people do one a day. It's really, there's no right or wrong way. To no. Yeah. 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 My cousin and I do decks and we follow the, um, the moons and the equinoxes and, and draw cards from a couple decks that we use on those. And so we've been doing that for years and we've actually been finding out that, um, our lives are changing because of it. Things Mm -hmm. are coming up that, you know, we would have wanted. We've, We've moved from a place that we weren't good in to a we're moving to a place that's good. So mm. yes, you're right. They're so helpful for people um, to get through. And I did the same thing too, um, in a somewhat of a same thing when my puppy died too. And mm. you just start journaling, start meditating, um, you know, eat. There's even the mindful movement is on YouTube. And if you don't want to figure out how to do your meditations or whatever. You can just pull them up and listen. Yeah. They're all yeah. Over the place. I remember, um, well, I was saying at a friend, it's a long story, but when Ellie got really sick, we were traveling. And so I ended up, I was in Denver at the time and I stayed with a friend, but I remember waking up the next morning after we had put her to sleep the day before, after she had died. And, um, I just went on insight timer and I found this wonderful meditation about. Yes. That's another good one. And uh, it was really helpful in that moment. So yeah, I think there's so many different things we can do to support ourselves. And that was really the intention with the deck is that we all grieve differently. Right. And so I wanted to give people really a variety of different things they can do to support themselves as they're grieving. And the messages are, you know, it was created for for people who've lost a pet, but the feedback I get over and over again is that, well, really these, these messages are, you know, they're applicable to many different kinds of losses. So, and I love that people see that because usually when we lose a pet, it's not the only, usually, you know, it's not the only kind of loss that we're experiencing. Right. So um, I think it can be supportive in in other areas of our lives as well, but it it is geared towards people who've lost a pet because it's very painful when we lose our animal companions. That's a a very Mm -hmm. pure, uncomplicated kind of love that we share with them. Right. And it's difficult, difficult to lose them. Well, I would like to hear a couple of those messages and I know we're, we're going to get running out of time here pretty soon. So if you could give us a couple of messages before we wrap up, that would be awesome. Well, I thought this one would be fun. So this card is called everything changes. Well, I can see, but you guys can't see it, (laughs) but it's, Um, it's with trees with leaves falling. Yes. Yeah, there's a person walking down the path and the trees are falling. It looks like autumn. And it says, one of the lessons Mother Nature teaches us is that everything changes. As we observe shifts in the natural world, noticing things like the leaves changing colors and dropping from the trees each fall, we're reminded of the impermanent nature of life itself. 
Pay attention to the physical sensations and emotions you're experiencing and how they change throughout the day. It can be comforting to remember that nothing stays the same. The difficult emotions you're experiencing when grieving will eventually subside. Everything changes. Those are very, very nice. Mm -hmm. I may just have to get one for all the messages. (laughs) I will send you one. I will send you one. And then this one is called Time in Nature. Mm, I like that. Hmm? Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, the sights and sounds of nature, sunlight, wind, walking underneath a canopy of trees or near a body of water can comfort our grieving hearts. Being in nature and opening our senses to it can help calm our nervous systems, reduce stress, and bring us greater peace. Give yourself the gift of nature and let the trees and vast sky hold you in their embrace. Let Mother Nature cradle you softly and provide deep comfort. Those are beautiful. And I'll read you just one more that um, is uh, more specific to pet loss. And it's called, can you see that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 The pet bed um, and the little bowl that's next to it. That's all empty. (laughs) Yes, I know. And this card is called, yeah, this card is called the void. And it says, after losing a pet, it's common and natural to experience a deep and profound sense of quiet and emptiness. Without their physical presence, life can feel lonely, like there's a void that can never be filled. Care tenderly for yourself as you experience this. It's okay to rest here in this place and feel it fully. Close your eyes, recall the special connection you shared with your pet, and let that love rise up to fill the void. Yeah, You know, when you nature animals and love for ourselves and yeah. love for others, it, that's a pretty good combination. Mm-hmm. Anything yeah. else, Mindy? I love ending with that. If you have any more comments. You know, I think that to remember that we're not um, by inviting in joy yes. and the good things in life, we're not, we're not being disloyal to our grief or to the pets or the humans we've lost. We're, we're not, we can, we can hold both, you know, we can dance, we can dance with the sorrows and dance with the joys. And I think just remembering that our hearts have the capacity to be with both Mm -hmm. and can be helpful. And then remembering um, just to tune in and ask ourselves, you know, what, what do I need? right now? That is such a powerful question to ask. What do I need? Maybe it's shifting up my morning routine a little bit or spending a little bit more time outside or watching a funny movie tonight and turning off the news, Um, you know, inviting in a little bit of healing humor, Um, just continually asking ourselves that really tuning in and listening can be such a support as we move through grief and difficult times. Oh, I really like all those suggestions. And I was just kind of closing, sitting here listening to you with my eyes closed, thinking, mm-hmm. yes, that's so true. It really is true. Well, thank you, Mindy, for being on the show today. I just totally love it. And um, for all thank my you. guests out there, as always, I would like to give you a big thank you for tuning in and listening. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please share the podcast or tell a friend, download and subscribe. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, to name a few. Until next time, stay informed, be healthy, live green, and become an activist for your own health and the health of your family and definitely the health of Mother Earth, our true home. Keep it simple, keep it small. And there will be enough for all Take a little, give a lot Thank Mother Earth and Father Sky for what you've got